Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Special edition of Hello, world. Stay tuned. Right after this important message. Wow, God has been blessing in a special way. I keep telling you, I personally am busier than I've ever been before with the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana, orchestrating things for Greg Patton Ministries, working with Southwest Radio Church, doing tremendous interviews. They have been exciting. Speaking almost every month around America someplace. God is so good. Oh, and spare time, taking care of five grandchildren here on <laughs> the Patton Ponderosa in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I want you to know how grateful I am for you, my friend, for praying for us and, and just being here. Hello World comes your way every day at this time, Monday through Friday. Yes, it does. And every now and then, a special edition program where I talk about something near and dear to my heart that I think is very important for all Christians everywhere, like today. Martin Luther said it. What the situation will be like before the Lord returns, that's the big question. Namely, that Christ will be despised and the preachers of the gospel will be regarded as fools. Does that sound familiar? Our verse at our church for this year is 2 Timothy 4.18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Are we there? You know, one of those questions that comes up a great deal, how close are we? I wonder what preacher hasn't heard that as of late. And what's going to happen to the United States of America? What does the Bible say about America? You know, these are questions you hear with increasing regularity these days, and it's no longer just prophecy enthusiasts who inquire about these things. Presently, there's a growing concern regarding the last days among those who previously never gave the subject much of a thought. It's reflected in recent research that revealed four out of every ten Americans now believe that, hey, we are living in the end times. Really, four out of ten. Among evangelicals, those numbers reach as high as 80%. Why is that? Why is there such a thought now that Jesus is coming soon? Why is it happening right now? You know, I think one of the big reasons is because the signs of the times have simply become too obvious for us to ignore anymore. There's overwhelming evidence out there that would suggest that we have entered the final stages of the last days of prophecy. It's all being fulfilled. Even the casual observer is forced to admit that we are living in an unprecedented moment in human history. Things are so confusing, and, and who is the author of confusion? I think everybody is dealing with it. Revelation, the book of Revelation, unveils the fulfillment of key apocalyptic prophecies, many of which are being prepared and foreshadowed today. And this leads many experts in prophecy to believe that Revelation's day is now dawning. It is here. Look up. But what does all this have to do with the United States of America? Are we in there anywhere? We'll talk about that in a moment. You know, I believe that there's a great deal of evidence right now that would say, hey, our current condition shows symptoms of a nation on the brink of total chaos and collapse. What do you think? America's not merely slipping on a downward path. I'm telling you, we are on a greased rail 
It's a landslide of destruction. On our daily radio program here, Hello World, you hear me say it often, the new America, a flood of evil. And fast, we're in the free fall, and we don't have a parachute today. And like the rest of Americans who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we're all wondering, is today the day? Could it really happen at any time? I believe what we're seeing in the United States of America, we are a country with tangible warning signs that are alerting us every day to the decline and the inevitable end of our country as we know it, as a world power, as a gospel influence. There are things going on. The enemy has already breached the outer gate, entered the city, and is now destroying us from within. You know, I've said that almost throughout my entire ministry that started decades ago, that we wouldn't be destroyed from an outside power. We would be destroyed from within. And it's happening. I think about when I first started my seminars across the country talking about the media and most specifically about rock music because that was my life right up until the day of conversion. I talked about the Beatles, how they said, again, they were more popular than Jesus Christ and there is no God. While the scripture tells us in Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The government in the United States of America has yet to officially ban God and Christianity from the country, but I think it's coming. However, many of our nation's leaders have sought to limit and in some cases eradicate completely a traditional biblical influence, any spiritual guidelines that once marked us as a great nation. Both philosophically, I think, practically, this fundamental transformation of America is being propagated and played out in the halls of our government, certainly in our colleges and universities, uh, major political parties, the court system, the public school, what a disaster, and in every local community, really. We've now become a, a country that is saturated with secularism and Satan. Those who believe in God, as defined by the Word of God, we're aging, and the next generation of Americans are becoming increasingly unconvinced regarding the realities of God and Jesus and real sin and you can be saved and the trustworthiness of the Holy Word of God. You know, in 2015, a study there of people who didn't go to church, the Barnett Research Group, and they're famous, found that 25% of today's unchurched adults are either atheistic or agnostic. Barna referred to the group as skeptics. About 33% of them said that they never once attended a church service. Further, this group of skeptics was found, on average, to be younger, much more educated, mostly women, racially diverse, and regionally dispersed all over America. In other words, the next generation, those coming up behind us, are more gospel-resistant, especially among the group called Millennials. They simply are not buying into grandma and grandpa's faith, or, or mom and dad's faith, for that matter. But to be spiritually minded is also taking a hit among, well, professed churchgoers. Less than 50% of Americans now attend church of any kind. And those that do attend, it occurs infrequently. When asked recently, what, if anything, helps Americans grow in their faith? This is part of Barna's research again. Do you know church? Didn't even get into the top 10? Are you kidding me? How ironic that the very institution that birthed and brought about and nurtured spirituality and faith is having little or no influence 
in helping people grow in their spiritual relationship to God? That's just hard to believe. That may not accurately describe your church. Hopefully, you're on fire. But it does accurately represent a cross-section of the United States of America. George Barna also found that up to 60% of millennials who grew up in church, they've dropped out at some point, six out of every 10. And finally, for all age groups, he discovered that among the reasons people don't attend church is because, well, they find God elsewhere. What? 40% find God elsewhere? They say that church isn't relative to me personally, 35%. Further evidence of our decline, according to the Pew Research Center, is this country as a whole is becoming less religious and more secular every day. There are now more religiously unaffiliated Americans, 23%, than Catholics, 21%, and mainline Protestants, 15%. Just one in four, 25% of Americans identify themselves as evangelical Protestants, though evidence show that number is on the decline. What are we saying here? I guess as a, as a nation, we're thinking less and less about God. What do you think that's going to do for us? We are God-less. And the fallout from this fact is just tearing our country apart. We're going to take a break, and I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. Just joined us. You're listening to a special edition of Hello World. Normally news, information, and comment at this time, but we're on the road a lot, and we've put together some things that are close to our heart from the church and government and entertainment today and the media, numbers of things that I want to talk at length about, so we get a chance to do it right here, right now. Have you been a part of Greg Patton Ministries in some way? Are you praying for us? Thank you so much. If you're one of our supporters, God bless you. Thank you for every penny that you have given, and a big thank you to every Christian radio station that carries Hello World Monday through Friday sometimes twice a day. It is such a blessing to be on this station and serving you, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Tell others about the broadcast, and we'll thank you in advance. From a purely human perspective, you could attribute this declining spirituality to a combination of secular and atheistic voices advancing an anti-God agenda, along with the Christian's failure to impact and infiltrate their community. We're just doing a terrible job there. Many professing believers and their families seek refuge from the world and its influence by withdrawing from secular society, choosing instead to get into their own cocoon world of Christian comfort. We call it a safe space anymore. This leaning toward isolationism is one reason we feel progressively marginalized everywhere in public life today. Other Christians immerse themselves into a culture with no intention or skills on on how to penetrate that darkness, how to get the light in there, to make a real difference for Almighty God or good for their world today. Some simply just going to live okay lives. I'm a decent person, an upright life, in hopes that others will observe what we are doing and they will want what we have. What do you think of that one? But some also blend in completely adopting worldly ways, philosophies, values, and certainly the practices of the world. We're warned against that in 1 John 2, 15, 16, and 17. Well, anyway, ultimately, there's no impact for Christ. That's what we're saying. 
and the country continues to plummet into godlessness. America, it is dying spiritually. You know, perhaps nowhere in America is the decline more blatantly obvious than in our morals and our standards. What is openly practiced today would cause our parents to turn over in their graves. They would blush in shame, but you know what? There just isn't any blushing today. There just isn't any shame today, and you know it. In 2015, our U.S. Supreme Court handed down a landmark decision proclaiming that same-sex couples had a, really, had a civil right to legally marry. Where's my Bible? As expected, gay rights activists and homosexuals celebrated nationwide, hurrah, hurrah, put up that rainbow flag. That's another story. They flood our communities, our courthouses, where, where that guy marries that guy? Are you kidding me? And that woman marries that woman? Back then it was Obama. He joined in the celebration as well, lighting up the White House. Oh, that infuriated me. I don't know about you. Anyway, lit up the White House, all those colors. It depicted a giant gay pride flag. With this historic, it, it was, unprecedented decision then, what the Bible refers to as an abomination. Queer, homosexuality, was officially made the law of the land just that fast. What was once commonly understood to be unnatural and deserving of wrath is now widely accepted as a constitutional right, and you better not talk against it. And with all the legalities at hand, how you can have legalization of a queer marriage comes additional fringe benefits and rights, including tax and, and health benefits. Naturally, this Pandora's box of what the Bible defines as immorality spearheaded by America's highest court opens the door of all kinds of immorality to be legalized. And we could talk about those things for hours to come. You know, Paul, in his second letter to the Thessalonians, he wrote, We prophesied about a time in history when our world will experience something far worse, far more devastating than a hurricane. He wrote of a dark chapter in human history when a figure will emerge out of this sea of humanity into a global scene. The man called by many names, of course. You've heard Little Horn, Man of Lawlessness, Son of Destruction, The Beast, the prince to come, but certainly he's best known as, here you go, the Antichrist. The same John who penned Revelation had earlier forewarned us that the Antichrist is indeed coming and that the spirit of the Antichrist was already at work here. John also revealed that we are in the last hour of history, according to 1 John 2.18. And if the hour was late back in John's day, think about it, where in the world do you think we are today? If you have read or studied about the end times, then you're aware of the divine judgments that God is going to bring to this old earth and its people during the seven-year period known as the tribulation. But what other characteristics are going to mark this time? John informs us in Revelation 9, 20-21 that a series of major sins, operative word major sins, will Command humanity's attention and allegiance during the Antichrist's rise to power. The rest of mankind, 
who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship demons, and the idols of gold, and of silver, and of brass, and of stone, and of wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk, and they did not repent of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor of their immorality, not of their thefts. Admittedly, these verses sound really unbelievable, I think. Too bad to even be true? Oh, it's ghastly. Genesis 6-5, where Moses described the pre-flood population of earth. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent and the thoughts of his heart was just evil continually. Welcome to the new America, a flood of evil. Now seriously, God, did, did you really mean Moses to write that kind of stuff? Don't you find it nearly incredulous that all humanity filled the majority of their days with a constant, relentless pursuit of bad, bad things? We're talking evil. We're talking sin par excellence. And yet there it is, right there in the Word of God, devoid of God, away from God. Their conscience numbed by just sin after sin after sin. They just wouldn't get out. Multitudes soaked themselves in corruption. John's writing about the tribulation is a mirror, really, of what Noah had to deal with. Both have no intention of repenting, even though the way of salvation is wide open to them. Isn't that something? You know, let's talk a bit about the church. As unthinkable as it may sound, the organized church is playing a role in unfolding all of this, talking about the bad stuff. And why should this be so surprising? After all, the dominant religious force for hundreds of years now has been what? Think about it. The Catholic Church, responsible for killing untold numbers of true believers and persecuting those whose heart cry became Scripture alone, by faith alone, by grace alone. Religion, without the direction of the Holy Spirit of God, has always been a very dangerous thing. It's always been the enemy of the cross. And bear in mind, the most prominent Jewish religious leaders were the ones who incited the mobs back then, arranged for Jesus to be arrested and tried and lobbied for his death. Religion, apart from a new birth, being born again, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, is merely just a cleaned-up tool in the hands of Satan and his demons. So all across this great country, the United States of America, there are tons of churches where the Spirit's absent is obvious. Despite all the action, all the activity, oh, they're busy over there. These churches have abandoned orthodox doctrine. They've abandoned preaching of the infallible Word of God. Uh, they've replaced it with a lot of dead stuff and big in any church, the one down in Houston, probably the biggest, self-help seminars. That's really what it is. That's not real preaching of the Word of God. And they've turned into, sadly to say, entertainment centers in America. In many cases, they have become altogether apostate. It's not that they've just left their first love, Revelation 2, 4, and 5. Oh, no. They have left Jesus, or has Jesus left them? Think about it. I don't really think the church and its congregations who embrace immorality and who are really apostate are going to be the bad ones hurting true Christians. 
But as the divide between truth, you shall know the truth, it will set you free. And false doctrines, as that thing widens, I do see the church of the world contributing more and more and marginalizing Jesus' bride more and more. So let's wrap this up. We could go on for a long time. Take out that coin. Take out that money, that cash. You know, it still says there, in God we trust. But you know what? Our actions don't back that up at all. Corrupted governments, we got it. Morally bankrupt populations that have joined together in removing much of God from every community, trying once again to get rid of his Bible, trying to get rid of the values of the truth of the Word of God from our culture completely. We deny that the Creator created the world, replacing him with some preposterous, stupid theory of origin that is force-fed to students in classrooms all across America. The removal of prayer from the schools in 1963 was merely, well, just an emblem of great strategy to devalue God himself and to devalue God from the United States of America. And as a result now, the Judeo-Christian God is, ah, it's passe, it's so out of date, we don't even want to talk about that today, and, and so unnecessary to life, like an expired can of veggies or that milk in the refrigerator, our country's Christian values and morals are really good for nothing except to be thrown over there in the trash. It's a new day in a new America, and sadly, it is a flood of evil. I was reading a bit of Francis Schaeffer, what, 40, 50 years ago? He said this, he warned us, our present day would come a day when our society would trample moral absolutes on its way to devaluing human life and justifying our immoral living. It was in 1984 he cautioned that deviant moral and theological compromise was creeping into the church in America in a seductive attempt to shake and topple the very foundation of Christianity itself, the Word of God. I believe, said Schaefer, all those years ago, more true today than ever. I believe the church is in real danger today. We're facing present pressures and a present and future manipulation, which is going to make the battles of the last 40 years look like kindergarten. Indeed, today's modern thinkers, postmodern thinkers, present a new gospel that claims there's no single answer to any real question and no single truth about the world other than the inevitable fact we're all going to die. They peddle a murky doctrine that says every action is okay, that every man is right in his own eyes, that whatever truth is right for him, after that comes nothing, really. When you die, then nothing. And that man is essentially good when he falters, and society is basically to blame. Christianity is no longer providing the consensus of our society, the consensus upon which our law is based. Until recent decades, something did exist which can rightly be called a Christian consensus, which gave a distinctive shape to Western society and to the great United States of America in a definite way. Now that's all gone, and the freedoms that it brought are being destroyed before our very eyes. You know what we do, my friend? We first overlook evil, and then we permit evil, and then we legalize evil, 
and then we celebrate evil, and then we target and persecute those who call it evil. We've been talking about the new America, but above all else, my friend, remember that God is in control of everything. Absolutely. Take comfort in that. Your God's in control. Are you saved today? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? Boy, now more than ever. Today is the day of salvation for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm Greg Patton. This has been a special edition of Hello World. God bless. Have a great day.